Hey everybody, welcome to Mountain Deer Podcast. I'm Rodney Elmer. We're here in Northfield, and we've got most of the gang today. We, we have a lot, almost everybody. Really? Well, wow. Casey's not here because, you know. Who wants to have Iron Man around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we have Captain America over yeah. here. <laughs> it's only because of the shirt. It's not because yeah. I actually look like Captain America. Right. This is the beef, if anybody's just tuning in for the first time. Yeah. We have Taylor. What's up? How's Mr. it going? Uh, Mr. Computer Wiz, make it all happen. Yeah. The one yeah. Who, I'm the guy who harasses everybody. <laughs> Hollywood himself. Did you film an intro? Guys, you got to get closer to the mic. And everyone's like, ugh. <laughs> They're always like, you guys are always rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> and as a extra special day oh, today, he's we here. have the one and only, the legendary. Not yet world famous hashtag more. Coco Puff, how you doing, man? Jimmy Murphy, what's going on? <laughs> We've been missing you. This you've been a you're a high demand guy. You're busy. We yeah, we we had to do some shooting yesterday, and like he wasn't around. That's sad. Like, wow. Well, you know, somebody has bummer. to work. Had a wedding. Yeah, got to <laughs> yep. do what you got to do. Yeah. Yep. Had a yep. wedding to go to. Yeah. Okay, guys. So this being our twentieth episode today, we're gonna do something kind of fun. We've uh, we just popped off. Uh, 20 random questions off of our social media, most of them YouTube, um, and they're inside of this awesome orange mountain deer hat, and we're going to pass them around. So each one of us are going to pick just a random question out of a hat, and you just give your two cents on it, like what do you think about that particular question, and that'll kind of roll into it, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what goes. All right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So the real question is, who should go first? Oh, guess who hasn't been doing the podcast that much? You know, oh. really ought to be first on this. Puff, you want to go first? Oh, yeah. Put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) He's first. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Puff. Here we go. Pick your first one. Sorry about my chicken scratch handwriting. Yeah, if you can't read it, it's Ryan's fault. (laughs) Okay, what does it say? What'd you get? says, where do you find old man's beard? Three tight. On the tree? What type of tree? Oh, okay. Mostly spruce trees. Yep. Yeah, it's a... Seems to be kind of a yeah. when it's like a wet, damp kind of squished together woods. Uh, that's where I find it. What about you? Is that where? Yeah, I've never really paid much attention. Yeah, <laughs> see it where you see it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy says, "I look for deer. I don't know." <laughs> I'd have to agree with Jimmy. I, I all the old man's beard I've found have been on spruce in softwood. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, and well, there's some on maple and stuff occasionally, and and. It, like in on the damp sides of trees, you know, or yeah, someplace where it's a little more damp that that tends to grow. But I've seen seen it plenty of it on hardwood too. But yeah, but yeah, it's either the yellow birch, maple, or yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, guess I just don't pay attention enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Jimmy's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting deer. I'm not picking moss. All right, Dad, what'd you get? Uh, what's one of my favorite hunts? Okay, what was uh, a what was one of your favorites? Uh, jeez, there's so ones. many, right? You know, I I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to go with the power station buck. I really like that one. Um, and I don't know how much we've talked about that one, but um, we've referenced it a little bit. Yeah, there was this giant that was hanging out right on public land right near us and he was uh keep swapping sides of the main road and uh he'd been there a little bit a little while and 
Donnell and I got over there one day, and that buck had been all over the place, and it was the end of the season, and uh, ended up following him uh, as far as Donnell could. And then he's like, I got to go. It was like 11 o'clock, and he had to, had some things to do, and he had to go home. So he hopped in the rig and took off, and, and I took over where he left off. I followed a smaller buck that morning and then didn't catch it. And then he called me on the radio and said he's got to go. So I go up, and, and I take over the track, and it crosses 302 and goes up on the other side of the hill and out and around. And I... It was like the perfect afternoon, the wind and the snow mm-hmm. and everything was just perfect. And I got right up 15 yards from that thing and it jumped up out of a, some little small spruces in some hardwoods and yeah. it was bedded down right there. And I shot at him running. First first bullet went right in the shoulder, beautiful, nice. at about probably 25, 30 yards. And then he went a little farther and I shot again. And this time I hit the edge of a tree, but the bullet sprayed some shrapnel like in his neck as he was going by this tree. And uh, he hobbled down through the woods there about 50, 60 yards and stopped and stood there kind of hunched up a little bit. And I put another one in him and laid him over. And that was my biggest Vermont deer. He's 195 and um, pretty nice deer. But, you know, that, that was a good one. And that's the day Jimmy and I met. Oh, So that, that was a really oh, good day. Dude, that was a really right. good day. Because Jimmy actually, he had gotten a deer and you guys met at, L&M? At yeah. The, at the way station, Yeah, right? at the way station. Yeah. We met down there, yep. So yeah. that would have been the doe that I had. Yes. Yeah, you had a doe. Yeah, so, and you so, were looking to get it mounted, and and uh, you ended up coming up to the shop. So that was you got that. that deer with muzzleloader? The power station buck was with a muzzleloader? Oh, that I don't know. I could have swore it was you got the doe with the rifle, no? Had oh, a dope no. permit. Dope no. permit, but it would have been muzzleloader. Wow. Hmm. So that couldn't have been the day. Well, maybe, maybe not. But we were actually you were checking in a deer, and I was there. We were there at the same time, and I want to say it was, it was at one ninety five. Did you shoot a buck during rifle that year? Oh, when you got your doe with a muzzleloader, I almost thought that you, you and I, or maybe you came in with Jake. He shot the spike, maybe. Oh, it might have been with Jake. Yep. Yeah, Cause and, and you had said I, you wanted to mount a doe someday. And then you ended up coming up with a muzzleloader doe, I think. Yep, could yeah, could be. That's, that's how it tied together, yep. I'm pretty sure. Because I think the first deer you mounted was the doe. Right, and, and that was some time ago. Mm, but, yeah. 1995, because it was the first year I bought my house. I'm pretty sure it was Jake's, Jake's deer. Jeez, that yeah, you were there you were, with him checking you, it in. You were fresh. Yeah, I, I was only like six months old. That was Maybe long not. ago. Long ago. Yeah. All right, question three All right. for the beeve. My turn. What you got? What gun do you use and why? There you go. Well, I use a Ruger 7mm mag long rifle. Uh, it's got a 3x9 Leopold scope on it. It's the same rifle as most of us actually yeah they all weather, all weather Ruger yeah it's um I like it because it's stainless it's synthetic the stock um, is nice on the, that gun the stock is really sleek and it's light the gun itself is fairly heavy um just because it's all it's all stainless steel but I do like the composite stock because it doesn't swell when it gets wet yeah um where like wood stocks if they're not finished or if they're wore out they they tend to swell and you'll end up missing a little. Yep. Um, but I like it uh, for the the range. You yep. can shoot a long ways with it, especially in the areas we are. Um, I, you can shoot comfortably up to two hundred and twenty five yards 
confidently with that rifle. It's also got a lot of punch too, so it doesn't lose a lot of velocity when you shoot farther out. Um, and it does a, it does a, it's got a lot of knockdown power. The, the stock is also, it's, it's synthetic, but it's composite. So like yeah. all the way through is dense because yeah. you know, like a lot of like a lot of cheaper plastic stocks when you drag them through the brush have that hollow, like Jimmy yeah. detests that <laughs> like, <laughs> like the amount of guns he's like pulled the, the butt of the stock off and filled it with spray, spray foam, spray foam. So, so it, it like deadens the sound because yeah. they're like this hollow, like cheap plastic. And when you're sliding through the brush, it like, it sounds like a plastic bottle is being pulled behind yep. you. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It drives you nuts. I yeah. also like it too, because, um, we all shoot the same caliber rifle and we, we can, yeah. we share ammunition. Yeah. We're, we're all sighted in. Well, I mean all of us, except for, you know, like Coco, Jimmy, Jimmy and Casey don't, don't shoot seven millimeter, seven millimeter mag, but the three right. of us, I do. have one. Well, you don't use one right now. What do you use? You use a, I use them a 30 out six. Yeah. yeah. What brands? Is it a Remington? Remington. Yep. 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 With a Timmy trigger. Yep, yep. That's an, I like the finish of your thirty out six is really nice. That mm-hmm. stock's super nice. It yeah. is. Pr- it's a pretty yeah, rifle. Yeah. Yep. The only thing I would like about mine is if the trigger pull wasn't quite so heavy. Yeah, so yours is still a lot. You gotta have that thing. Tuned, I think man. mine's um, when it came from the factory. It came. Uh, I think it's twelve or fourteen pound pull. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's quite it's a bit. I've it's in my hunting career. I've shot shot it enough to where I know. And it pulls, and then there's a pause, and then it shoots. Yeah. So I've shot it enough to be able to shoot it. Okay. Okay. Right. But it, it, if you had to do any amount of really long range stuff or whatever, you'd want to get that right. home. If I'm shooting in, in all the deer I've shot, and I've been within a hundred yards anyway. Right. And, and, and uh, you can get a Timony. Most of the time they are. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I would, um, you can get a trigger but for the it one too. day. I'd like to get a, a trigger with a, with a smaller pole. If Adjustable. It, yeah. If it was around like six pounds or yours is what dad? Is it? Mine's four pounds. Four pounds. It's, yeah. It's that been thing, honed. You breathe yeah. on that thing and it's ready yeah. to go. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's enough. So you have to, you know, consciously pull it, but right. it's, it's, it's not just going to go off. Right. But it's, four or five pounds is great for like deer hunting. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't, I, I have a couple of them that were like two and a half pounds, 22, 250 is only two and a half pounds. So like you, you just set your finger against it and man, things are happening. You got to be yeah. ready. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that's a target gun too. It's not, mm-hmm. not something I'd be tracking with. No, not that thing. With the bipod on the front. No, no. That's, that's for <laughs> Big, shooting. heavy. That thing's crazy. Yeah, that's a woodchuck gun. All right. Here's number four. How slash what do you use to drag out a deer? Um, uh, a ratchet stop without the ratchet end. I always, it works really good. Um, or like a little piece of rope, but most of the time, uh, a sled. Yeah. Cause on, on the little, top of our hunting rigs, torpedoes sled. yeah, yeah. We have those, we have those orange, uh, sleds that have the little pull string. Most of the time, if we can, we'll put them in a sled or whatever. But I think Jimmy, Jimmy's the only person with like a real designated drag for his deer, the famous deer drag that he's got. Because you guys dragged Mr. Rogers out with that. That's the most recent. I just always ca- I used to carry a rope, but yeah, yeah. you got an orange that fits strap in the there. back of the jacket. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. by yourself, you need something. Yeah, you got you got to have something. It depends on who's around or whether you're by yourself. Yeah, right. someone's near the truck. Grab if, the sled. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got good legs. Go get the sled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if it's uh, if it's got headgear, that's always nice. Yep. Most it, of the time, you drag it out by the headgear. On bare ground, what a difference even the sled. Oh, makes. sled's so nice. Big difference. Big, so big difference. difference. It's Comes worth out it. so much easier. Yeah. Yep. Your, your sled's the best, though, Jim. 
Yeah, that green one he yes. had that tied the deer down is really good. It um, was we use we use that on uh, my first uh, my first two hundred pounder. That's the sled that we used in that, and it has the the zigzag rope that goes across the top, which like holds the deer. Holds nice. deer right that in. was yeah. so freaking nice because you and I went through some 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 hobble bush and stuff there. It was super super thick stuff, and it slid right up over that beautiful. Yeah. That sled was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Even uh, like if you know you're going to be out a gated road or something, and you had a dolly. Yeah, you can put a deer right on a dolly like nothing. Yeah, and two people, you know, one hold the head up and the other one hold the dolly, and the two people can go down a road, mm-hmm. you know, two three miles an hour and just walk right along. Right, they yeah. make collapsible fold up dollies too that you can sure you fold it right up, stick it in the right in the back of your rig, and then yeah, yeah, good yeah, they go. work pretty good. If we know we're going to be way behind gates and dirt roads, right, boy, the you dolly want is awesome. With wheels. Yeah, some of the wheels <laughs> is great. Yeah, on bare ground, we wore out a sled in Canada getting my buck. Oh, jeez. And they they even had one of those uh, flat roll up type things. Yeah, it's like a thick and and we like yeah, and we sewed up. the deer right into it, drilled holes in it, and sewed. It's the deer almost right like one of those little roll up plastic sleds they gave you in school. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's just a sheet of plastic is all it is. Yeah. Pretty much anything yeah. to help yeah. uh, reduce friction between the deer and the yeah. ground. <laughs> Death ride. But the best yeah. thing to bring into the woods with you is like Jimmy's deer drag. It's just like it's basically a strap. Yeah, you know, just a thin, Anything you know, inch help. inch wide strap that's maybe ten feet long is the best deal. Something long yeah, too, so it doesn't the especially if you got antlered deer, it doesn't stab you in the back of the legs while you're dragging it. So yeah. if you have something with some length, then you can get the head up a little bit. It matters whether you're going to mount it or not too. If you you want to mount it, right, and have a nice mount, you want to bring it out on a sled. Yeah, keep the hide nice. If you don't care about it, and yeah, big deal. That's no, not a big drag deal. it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and two, if you're going to drag. Back, Half mile, mile and a half. You're gonna miss a lot of hair by trying to get out. <laughs> right, and like if if you if you figure out how you want it on the wall, drag off the side that you don't want to see. Yeah, you know, right. like a lot of times I'll do a pedestal mount and and I'll turn the deer on the wall sideways a little bit, mm-hmm. and the one side that you dragged off, just drag one side off. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't flop. Don't drag. Yeah, forth. don't flop the other side over and drag all that one off too. And now you have absolutely nothing, right? You know. Yeah. All right, Jim. Question number five, man. What you got? Question number five. What is a typical day at camp like? <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor forgetting his stuff. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, hold the hold the phone. Rodney yeah. forgetting his. There gun. we go. <laughs> yeah. Come on, people. Let's... Did you guys have all your stuff ready? <laughs> Well, that's that. Well, that's what a first. That's a day out in the woods. That's how it starts every morning. Yeah. Jimmy's like, "You got this. You got." Do that. you have your stuff? Are you guys getting up this morning so we can actually get out <laughs> before nine o'clock? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, don't ask Casey because it ain't gonna matter. The first half hour he goes out, he'll shoot something. Any, anyway, Jim, what does a camp day look like? What do we do at camp? What does it look like? We don't usually spend too many days at camp. No, we're we usually don't. Hunting. Yeah. If we get out. Yeah. I think most of the time, like, when when we're at camp, we're mostly, like, drying our stuff and sorting things out, cooking food, doing dishes. Watching and, the video, the footage from the day. Yeah. Talking um, about what we saw and what happened to each one of us throughout the day. On hunting days, for sure. Giving each other crap. Oh, yeah. yeah. Giving each other the business. <laughs> the business all the time. Oh, my God. You can't escape. You will be subject to ridicule. <laughs> it's all in good fun. Though. Yeah. You know, Casey Casey likes to cook. Yeah, Casey's, um, Casey's a good cook. He's quite the chef. end up doing a fair amount of cooking. Yep. Um, you cook a lot, too. 
Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, once you get some food into everybody, they get out of bed, you got to have coffee first thing, right? So yeah. We go through a lot of coffee. Got to have the coffee. Jimmy wants his OJ. And we, we go through everything, um, get something to eat in us real quick and uh, gather up all of our, hopefully the right pair of boots for the right guy. <laughs> yeah. Get all that part straightened around. Um, Dad, you took my pads out of my boots. Right. I thought get, they were uh, mine. Get the uh, the guns and all the gear, you know, back in the coat if the coat was really soaking wet. You know, yep. make sure the coat's got everything in it and all your gears and all your pockets. Uh, the rigs are fueled up, and, uh, like, if it's cold and snowy, you got to go out and fire them up. Right. We usually clean them off. Keep, yeah. Keep uh, waters and some a couple of something to eat, too, in the rig. So when you get back at the end of the day, if we're way out there, then you got something to get you by in order to. Ask somebody if they forgot their gun. Again, <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah, I've done that. All the all the radios off the chargers and and in the pockets, and everybody's going through their camera gear, making sure they got everything. And yep. SD cards and batteries, and cameras, yeah, yeah, all of our camera stuff. All of we've qu- we've accumulated quite a bit of cameras now. Yeah, it's definitely gone up. You know, at the end of the day, we might stop at the gas station on the way home, pick up a couple of eats or whatever we need. Look at the list of all the deer that yeah, have gone see, down. See what had died yeah. or whatever. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, report cases deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get back to camp at the end of the night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then it's just night is just, you know, do the reverse. Unpack all your stuff, hang everything up, watch all of our footage from the day. And then it's video time. We just start sorting. And yep. Taylor stays up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning making video while yeah. the rest of us go to bed. At right? Least, at least, yeah. 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 And then now it would be podcasting on top of that. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, yeah, we'll definitely do. Yeah. I know. I can't wait and to do a bunch like of Like in the evenings, it's a lot of defragging. I mean, we're all telling our stories of what happened during the day. Yeah. Just and chatting. then we're also like watching our videos of, you know, whatever came on, you know, and what we did for the day yeah. and then showing the proof of what we did and making sure everything's downloaded is a little bit of going over the phone and checking all the people who talk to us or whatever, you know, there's a fair amount of that. We get back in cell service again and, and yeah. whatnot, you know, yep. answer questions and respond to comments and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yep. And kind of plan a few meals for the next few days. You know, most of us will bring up a whole bunch of different stuff for the um uh, for food you know a couple three big meals you yep. know terry terry does a great job she'll oh, have a Jimmy's bunch of wife's jimmy's wife cook. she is yeah. such an amazing cook i know she between, takes care of us too between her and mom camp. we we go yeah. with a mountain of food like right. all kinds of we don't stuff. need to go grocery shopping no we don't we're, we're chowing on donuts and, and <laughs> cookies, cookies and, oh, yeah. and we're not for bars all day long all kinds of yeah stuff, right? we're, not, we're not exactly eating like greens and like salmon and stuff it's all this like just kind of, we do a lot of junk food too empty the empty the trash out and all that out of your pockets you know well we do candy bar wrappers all day long we you do yeah. you don't that is just like at the yeah. end give me like this pocket full of, of just wrappers by the end of the end of the season he's undoing he's dumping all and of course all like the trash you know most of the time it, we use like jimmy's rig a lot so like we'll be in like his truck or if he's got a jeep or something and he there's just like empty bottles and cans and stuff in there and he's like you guys left a bunch of stuff in my truck clean that out yeah 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 all right um, man number six dad uh, biggest deer biggest deer size and horns um for me i don't know about you guys but uh for me i'm it's kind of a toss 
pretty much when it comes to horns because long toes and tote road are, are within an eighth of an inch of each other, but they're yeah. both, they're both about 131 inches Yeah, and, uh, you know, for rack size. And then, um, of course, tie rods, the heaviest at, at 235. Because Zigzag was just behind him, right? Yeah, he's only a pound less. 234. Yeah, 234. I, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I shoot all these giants, and I can't yeah. pick which one is the biggest. Well, yeah. they're not that big. A, a 230 really isn't all that big. Um, not compared to some of the ones that get killed every year. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some there's giants some really that get ones. shot. Yeah. The other thing, too, though, is, is I think that uh, Tyrod's half is half pound off camp record. Pete Wheatley's was 235.5, right? And he holds you to that. It's like by half a pound. Is that like it? He doesn't have <laughs> proof of the point five. <laughs> oh, so it's at least a tie. Yeah. And <laughs> if, if it was a story that was concocted mm. at the last minute, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I'm not sure. So, so then it's at least two thirty-five though. Oh yeah. So you're tied for camp record. Yeah, so, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But right. yeah, if Pete really wants it, he can have it. <laughs> That's really nice of you. <laughs> How mighty kind. All right, Ryan. Number seven. When you come back to a track on the second day, do you pick it up where you left off or do you circle ahead of it and try and freshen it up? I go right back to where I left it off. Um, I'll take my GPS and I mark it. That way I have – because if I'm – it's the second day and then I have it a solid 12 hours usually by the time I left the track to when I get back to it in the morning – so I'm, if I circle ahead, it's still the same amount of time. I'll have to freshen it up, and I might not cut it again if I circle it. Because if I circle one way or the other, he might have gone a different direction or if he laid down. And now I have no proof of where he went and what his attitude is. And if it's changed since I've been, hunt, since I've been tracking him the day before. So I'll go right back to where I left off and then just pick it up that same spot and Usually, if if it's the second day, I know I've got some time, but a lot of it depends on his attitude. If he was feeding and doing a lot of laying down, I'll go easy until I freshen it up. But if he was just zombie walking, I'll get back on it and just hammer down yeah. and try and freshen it up. We've had a boatload of them where they, they crossed over their own tracks all the time. So, like, like you're starting in on day two and you, you go you know, quarter mile, and here he comes fresh right back over his own track again. Mm -hmm. You know, you take the turn right there. Mm -hmm. You know, that, yep. yeah. And most of the time that's the case. They walk back up over themselves fairly common. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not super unusual at all. Yeah. It depends on his attitude. If he was just hammering down straight, not doing nothing, you might swing it. You gotta go do with what your gut says. Yeah. 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 You really do. I mean, it's we've had a few years where there's no deer around and they're just hammering straight in a line and like going forever. And if you're already 12 hours behind, you're 12 hours behind. Right. It doesn't matter if you try and circle back to it. Right. I mean, if he doesn't stop for some reason, you're never going to see him. Even if he's only 10 minutes ahead of you and he doesn't stop, you're never going to see him. Right. Because so he's still consistently that 10 minutes ahead. Right. Yeah. 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 Jimmy's right. Yep. Yeah. The puff is always right. Okay. What do you look for in a hunting spot? Um, when I'm picking a hunting spot and let's say like I don't, has nothing to do with using a track or whatever. I like, I like something with a transition. I like some softwoods with mixed in with some hardwoods. I don't like it super steep. I also don't like to be able to see all that far. I like, like if I'm just going to go walk around in a spot and just see what I can stumble on, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something relatively low. I'm not going straight up to the top because over the last few years, it hasn't felt like deer are really all that high up in the like they're not on top of the mountains. They're not. They're like mid to down in the bottom. We've been shooting a lot of big deer down in the bottom in the last like four or five years. So yep. you know, I'll go down in and kind of like skirt some of the real thick stuff and just see what kind of business is happening. A lot of the buck sign has been low too. So you know. Like kind of on the edge of a little bit of wet and a little bit of hardwoods, like right in that like kind of like medium altitude. Most of the time, I'll just go for a walk in there. But you know, naturally, you don't get to choose what your hunting spot is. You you go by with what track you have. Most of the time, that's the case. What do you think, Puff? You agree with that? Yeah. There's been a lot of <laughs> little. I don't really have a hunting spot. I, yeah. Like, go here. Go there. Don't. Yeah. See what's there. Nothing's yeah. there that day. Go somewhere else. Yeah, sniff around. Just go with your gut. Yeah. If you have feel, been getting it right, go. I got woods. spots that I like to go back to just to check out. Yep. Yeah. It has uh, been low. It has been low. Big, it's been low in the last few years, but when they get a lot of pressure, they start to go up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they were at the end last year. Yeah. There was some really high. Yeah. They were. It, it was up to my knees. The snow was knee yeah. deep, way the, up high. The and the buggers been un- were up there. The snow's been yep. unusual, too. We've been getting a lot of snow pretty early, which, you know, like from like 20, 2015 back, most of the time we didn't have snow in, really in the first week at all. No, it was 80s. So I remember a couple a couple of weeks, a couple of seasons actually. The first week was seventies. When 80s, you and I, 60s, when you and I oh, shot yeah, Tyrod, right. and we were all right there that day, was sixty degrees. Yeah, and, and it was and it was sunny, crunchy, crispy, almost no moisture. You know, it was a lot like like it's just a normal fall day. Bluebird. Yeah, yep. it was pretty unusual. Yeah, it, and we have we've been consistently down down low. Yeah, right. at least a lot. And when the snow starts to get deep, it forces them down low too. So mm-hmm. that might be kind of why we might be seeing the. The pattern it forces us down low too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It's knee deep. It ain't no fun. Yeah. Nope. Well, look when we get out there with the truck, right? Yep. You know, we get out on the end of this, and it did it like we, drifted we could, in. Yeah. Next we, thing you know, we're stuck. Yeah. Yep. It's like whoa, and the truck just went poof, and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Oh no. <laughs> and we had to shove a little bit, but she yeah. come right out. You know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Don't go out without your stuff. You need to get out because. When your luck gets bad, it can get bad in a hurry. <laughs> bring, yep. bring everything you're ever gonna need. You, you Ratchet won't. straps and chains and come alongs and pull yep. straps and jacks. They don't really do you any good when you're in log landing 200 feet from the nearest tree, though. No, <laughs> shovel's gonna be your friend. Yeah, and jacks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Donnell used to carry a handyman jack. Yep. With that little, uh, like little flatbed thing he had, that yep. was pretty slick. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had a stump pull him out on a landing once. A little yeah. tiny stump that was just stuck in. That's all it needs. That's yep. all he took. All right, Jimmy. Next question. What do you use for a hunting knife? Are you a folding or a fixed blade man? I'm both. Yeah. I used to have a, I have a plenty of fixed blades, but recently I use a fold, folding blade that fits in the, my pack better yeah takes up less room yep. yeah and it's like that's one of the things is of course like you only use them for a few minutes do you have a because jimmy yeah. you don't you don't use a gun belt like you don't use an ammo belt around your waist no i don't like it no and that's that's one of the things that's a bit different is the three of us use uh 
gun belts. Yeah, Casey does too. And Casey does. Yeah. And you know, I've been, I've, that's one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is I have, I keep my knife on my belt and it loops through my belt and it's, it slides a little bit. It's a fixed blade with a little sheath. So it kind of like moves and every now and then it'll be like, like you'll get into the rig and out of the rig and you'll have this, like the knife will like wander around and I'm not loving that all that much. I do like the, I like a sturdy knife, you know, but by the same token, it's like a folding knife. Most of the time, your knife is just to get you out of a jam and to gut a deer for the most part. That's really all you're ever going to use it for. And like having like this big, crazy knife, just, yeah, I don't use, I know like one day you might, but it just kind of feels like a folding knife is probably the way to go. I'd have to agree with you, Jim. Well, I always used a fixed blade. Somebody gave me a folder and went up and I started using it and just kept using it. Yeah, they work great. You also don't need a knife with a really big blade either. No. The only time you really need a big blade is if you're going to butcher the deer. Yeah. But if you're just gutting it, dressing it out, you don't need anything anything bigger. Honestly, anything bigger than an inch. I've done it with a razor blade. Yeah. That sucks, though. Yeah. It's, I mean, well, a razor blade, sharp, you, you can't hold on to it very well. Yeah, right. Like, there's no good handle. Hands, yeah. Really, all you need, your pocket knife would work fine as long as it's sharp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be perfectly good. Yeah. yeah. I definitely carry, I carry a couple knives with me. I have a folding knife that I carry in case I have to use it for, like, a work thing. Like, if I need to cut rope or anything like that. And then I do have my fixed blade that's always sharp. It's always ready to go. Yeah, that's like for, your, that's like your big, the big gun. You know, yeah, it's the one you don't use unless you unless you need to, and that's yeah. for gutting out deer. Yeah, the the big fixed blade uh, when it was on my belt, I had to be careful that it didn't hit my scope. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, as you carry the rifle beside you, oh yeah, if you keep yep. your knife on yep. that side, it can scratch your gun. That's because you're right-handed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if I keep the knife on the right and the gun on the right, the two of them bang together while I'm carrying it. So yep. like you want to have it somewhere out of the way yep. if you have a pretty good size knife on a belt you can't really have it in front of you yeah and it'll be you can have it behind really you step. but like if you get in the rig to sit down it's underneath it's in you. the way mm-hmm. and if it's on the left side I, so i keep it on the left side if That's, i have to have a big bladed knife i, I do the know, same on my thing belt, i would keep yeah it on the and left of course i'm, I'm left-handed right. i'm left-handed but i shoot right-handed so i never had the knife against the, the gun, gun thing because right. like when i want my knife i just i keep it on my left hip but you know i might I don't know. I might, I might go with what Jimmy's doing now. Yeah. Have there was a, a few times where I w- wouldn't carry a ratchet strap or something to help me, you know, like as a rope for pulling a deer. Mm-hmm. So I would put my belt on the deer. Yep. yep. I've done that. And if you have a big giant knife and now it doesn't really fit in your pocket and it can't really be on the belt really. Right. Because yeah. it's going to be in so, the way or get hung up yeah, while that you're was dragging kind of the deer. Pain. I would take it and put it in my beagle coat, which worked out fine, yep. you know, because I had that big, huge pocket. Oh, that's in the right. Back. We could just, I could just stuff it in my back pouch. Right. That's but right. But if you have a camera or something in there, oh, it yeah. could scratch that's the lens on your camera too. So it's like, nah, I, I'm sticking with the folding blade from now on, and and it they work great. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm gonna stick with that. But. All right. So actually, you're, yeah, you're next. I, you're next. number what? You're number nine. Yeah. Is that what this is? Yep. Uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite food source for deer in the big woods? Ooh. Yep. Um, that's good stuff. Most of the time, especially like early in the season, the raspberry bushes are probably the mm. number one. Like the first two weeks where they're, they still are green sometimes, the leaves mm-hmm. on them are green. And the bush itself uh, actually has some like green cambium layer to it. Yeah, it does. And, and it grows like even without the, 
the leaves on it. So the deer and the moose just absolutely love ra- raspberry bushes. Yep. They Hammer. pound those. Um, I would say the next thing is going to be like the red whips that are out in a clear cut. Uh, the soft maple, yep. uh, the striped maple, the yellow birch, and the regular rock maple. That they'll eat all the buds. or like next in the spring's leaves. They'll eat yes. all of those. There's a lot of sugars in there. A lot of times there. they'll, like moose, moose will take... They'll take six, seven, eight inches sometimes right off the top. They'll take the whole stalk. I chew a right foot off of it. it. Oh, yeah. 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 Break it right off and eat it almost like a quarter inch stick. But yeah, those, those are probably the best food sources, you know, aside from maybe clover. Um, I don't know, Jimmy and I have millions of times where they put in a new road and they clovered it. Yep. And the deer just pound that new clover that they planted to keep it from eroding. Mm. You know, so sometimes right along the sides of, of new roads, especially roads where they rocked it off or they water barred it and you can't drive out it, mm-hmm. but they planted it. And those can have like, I don't know, there was a couple times there, especially up towards uh, the Golden Road. Some of them roads up there, they you couldn't drive them and they clovered them and wow, were they beautiful. Yep. It, it depends where you are sometimes, you know, if you're where there's acorns or beech nuts or, yep. or the sometimes... Yep. Some years you have more than others. But. Yeah. yeah. The the type of trees will matter the most for for you. The acorns and beech nuts is pretty big. And oh, apples, yeah. stuff yeah, like that. Oh, but for, sure. for most of for most of where like we are, you're right, it's those it's, it's those the raspberry it's those like three year old cuts that just get slammed. Yeah. yeah. They're full of everything yep. eating away on them and, and the the grass is sometimes that swale grass the last few years that swale grass has been incredible. And it yep. like takes over some of the bigger cuts and I, I, it probably keeps the amount of raspberry bushes down. So. Oh yeah, for sure. That grass grows way better. Yeah. So like it competes for that. The deer love to be out in that grass. They lay down in it. There's beds in it. There's, there's runways in it. You can't really see them. Some if of it's the, six some or eight of it, high. Some of it is. It's six. Like I can, I'm looking just through the tops like this, like poor Casey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when you're a foot shorter than me and you're out in that stuff, some of it's... it's yeah, it probably hinders some inundated. of the, the growth that would but, be there otherwise. But, but they love it, though. Oh, Moose yeah. lay down in it, and next, you yeah. could just come around the corner, and they're right there, right next to you, oh, yeah, too. Yeah. Them, yeah. them cuts, some of them are... That's mostly, like, low. Yeah, You know, it's, it's not really the big clear cuts or strip cuts. It's where they went in and, like, a landing or on the edges, like, right on the transition from road into woods is where most of the swale grass is. Yeah. And it's in, like, kind of like a dampish, a little bit swampier kind of sections of it like southern western sides of the mountains too yep. a little bit on the east too but uh the north sides don't seem to get anywhere near as much of that swale grass but it does grow a lot now and and you see quite a bit of that i'm hoping that elephant ear stuff doesn't like take over up there I've we'll seen see a few little patches of that and i've been worrying about that a yeah little bit, but it is we'll what see. it is all right Beav, i think you're next buddy all right what you got what do you use for gps Ooh. I use a, uh, a Garmin Eccentrix. Uh, E-Trex? E-Trex. E-trex. <laughs> That's what it is. See, I don't even know. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pass this question to Tanner because I obviously don't even know what I use. Yeah. Um, pretty much yeah. any GPS um, will work really well for you. I had an old school, that thing would might as well been a rock on a string. Yeah. Um, I had six letters I could put, punch in yeah. for a description. It worked well for what it was, but... By the end of it, I had well over 250 different points. That you don't know where they are. Exactly, because you <laughs> you have to abbreviate and basically text, in a, in a sense, what it is. And it's like, okay, so 
what is 2B64RT? I have no idea what this is, but the new one I have now, it's the same one um, Coco has. Yep. And I really like it because you can, you can put in a four-page essay if you want to, exactly what yeah. it is. And that's really nice. Plus, it tracks really well for roads. And Jimmy showed me this when I got this. You mark when you, especially law, old, in the area we are in paper company land, it's all logging roads. Nothing's marked. There's no road map out there because they punch in new roads all the time. So you mark where the main road is. You drive out a ways. So when you get about halfway, what you think is about halfway, mark it again. And as you go, you mark the ends. And when you bring up your whole map, you can see what the whole road looks like. And that's really nice, especially if you're on your way out. Because you know, yeah. well, I, if the closest point is the middle of the road. So I know no matter where I go in this direction, I'm going to hit that road. And yep. that's been really handy. Um, but and, any, and also, it helps a lot when somebody's got a deer. Right. And you're like, okay, well, can I get to them? Right. And not so they don't have to drag this far or, you know, somebody's messed up or whatever you need to get out there. And now you've, you've been plotting the roads and you know the best way to get in and around. Oh, yeah, you can just drive around and say, oh, you're only a few tents from the road right here, and you've been walking all day in the woods and don't have no clue. Right, yeah, you, you parallel the road that you're trying to get to. Yeah, that was like Instead that. of going a mile and a half, you're right beside the road and don't even know it. Because <laughs> you guys yep. did, didn't, Larry, you did that with Larry one time. Oh, yeah, Larry says, we need help. We're a long ways from the rig. I took my GPS out, and it's like, oh, they're up that way. Let's drive up the road here. And it just keeps pointing straight at them, and we just keep driving, and it still keep, keeps pointing straight <laughs> at them. We, we get out, we're two tenths from them, and we dive in the woods. It's like, where the hell did you guys come from? The road already. You're right here. beside the road. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's really nice about the GPS, too, is you can change the icons. Yeah. So you put a little truck for, the, for any, anywhere a truck can get to on a road or some machine trail. Yeah. You can mark it as a snow machine or a four-wheeler or if you found a good hiking trail as a reference point to get you out of the yep. woods or yep. if somebody shoots a deer and they're like these are my gps coordinates come help me you mark it as so-and-so's deer and you can put a little deer symbol on there that way you never get confused by your points yeah yeah that's I what i do i mark the roads with a truck and yep mark somebody's deer with a deer or spots in the woods yep. you mark with whatever you want to mark with but them stay in there for years and mm -hmm. you go back to a spot you ain't been to in 10 years and you can just pull it up so it's right well, here these are the roads this is where i shot deer last time yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. other important thing too is if you're doing a lot of, if you're doing the active tracking marking roads make sure the color that you pick is a different color than rivers yeah. because on the maps they come up as a, a shade of blue yeah. You want to make sure it's a weird color that's going to stand like a purple out, or, like a like purple or, an orange, or something. orange or yeah. something that's not just going to blend yeah. in with something else. Because how roads, a lot of times, logging roads will follow rivers or like a new river yep. will form next to it. And yep. you want to make sure know, you mark you that out. You guys are so all running the new e-treks. Cause I've got the, I have the yellow one, the six digit you have one. That old school. I still have that thing. Brick. It's a hundred dollar model. Maybe time to yeah. upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking so because it's like, I, I hate having to do that. And I'm like, all right, it, it was me, a pain. Let me think of a six, a basically like you're coming up with like license plates for yeah. where you are. Like that's, that's, you know, doing the same thing where you have to condense it down to what would fit on a license plate. Yeah. That's basically all I get to use, yep. you know? 
and you can you can just download and like transfer all your points over and stuff if you yeah, have the software you, for you it. You can back it up on your computer, yeah. and then you can with the new ones now you can read down you can download maps of the areas you're gonna be in. Yep, which is really nice with the newer ones. Yep, um, and of course there's big elaborate gps yeah and there's like the rhinos with the gps and the walkie-talkie yeah. all built in we I just mean, use regular for me ones. that's a little too much going on i just want something that'll get me in the woods get me out of the woods and help me find somebody if i need to and it's like the Keep other thing too is when you're when all of your navigation and communication is in one device if something goes wrong with that device now it's like all your eggs in one basket yeah you know i kind of like having a radio i like having a gps i like having a compass i like having all these things that are separate you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. Like, I don't want to <laughs> like, oh, I dropped my phone. Now you're screwed. Right. And you're like a oh, rhino. God. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one of the, the only downsides to a rhino. If it went down for some reason, you lose everything. Yeah, They do go way. down once in a while too. I've had a GPS quit in the middle of the woods. You want to, you have a compass. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can get you want to know in. how to use it. But of course, like nothing. And right. your batteries do go dead. Yes, they and do. It's good to have spares. But if you didn't bring them that day, yep. better have your compass. Or you dropped them. Yep lost them yeah yeah okay. the other thing too is like we we do a lot of like long range stuff yeah. okay mm-hmm. when you have five six seven guys that all have really good legs oh, and yeah. you drive down a road and you drop one off right and he takes a track and it happens to be fresh and he could end up four and a half miles on the gps oh, yeah. from the spot you yeah dropped that's him off. the crow fly that's not the alpine it, all the mountains right. in between now you can dump him out for the day and he's going to go after that deer but the rest of us are still driving mm-hmm. and then it's uh 10 miles away you drop off another guy or two guys and then the other vehicle with the other three guys goes another 15 miles away and then ends up over here and over there. And next thing you know, your entire crew is spread out over 30 mile area Mm -hmm. and we're all just kind of doing our thing. And then in the evening we're we could all be three or four miles from where we started or sometimes it's a half mile. Right. So like you end up, you can really end up on some long range searches which and is you're the, not ending up where you started, mm-hmm. right? And now at the end of the day, everybody's coming back and picking people up and finding out where they were and where they ended up. And like if, if somebody, if your party, half your party's on one side of the mountain range and the other half's on the other side of the mountain range, you don't talk to each other all day. No, you can't. Right. So you end up having to have this plan at the end of the day where you can figure things out and find everybody and get together at the end of the yeah. day. And if, if you have a large group with big legs, you've got to be better at navigating. There's no question. Yeah. Cause about that's it. one and of the you, things you've always said during your you courses. You better be planning on being there all day when you get dropped off. Oh yeah. You never know what's going to happen with the other guys that yep. leave you. They might yep. get on a deer and get a deer and you might be there well into the dark. Oh yeah. yeah before they get out or and they, they assemble and get back to be able to get yep. you out. And you yep. won't be able to, you won't basically be able to tell anyone what's going on until they start kind of looking for you. Right. Yep. Yeah. One of the things you've always said during your courses is a GPS is great, right? They're great for so many things, but at the end of the day, it's a rock on a string. If your batteries are dead. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. useless. You know, and having, yeah. having a device like a GPS and a radio and any other electronics that you have that take the same batteries is really nice. Cause you know? if you do, if one of them dies, Casey's been in this situation. Yep. Like we say you forgot, actually, you forgot spare battery. batteries, right? Or, sh- or sh- one of them does die. Now you can take the batteries out of your GPS and put it in your radio. So now you can talk and then it's which, a pain. You got to switch them around, yeah, which constantly. is not ideal. Like you want to bring spares but, and stuff, but, but having like your flashlight and your GPS mm-hmm. and your radio all in the same kind of battery. Yep. It's, 
it could save it you. It can save you a lot of a lot of time. Not yep. to mention checking your gear out during the day. Like I'll whip the GPS out after using it. I'll whip it back. Make out, sure make it's not sure still it's, on. It's not on. You've and I spent the whole it. day wasting my batteries. Right? <laughs> I've right. done that. Yeah. yeah. It's like or, or if it. we say we split up and and like as soon as we drop somebody off and they start into the woods to go after a deer, everybody should have their radios on and -hmm. still be able to communicate for like 15 minutes afterwards. Sometimes that first 15 minutes is when a lot of stuff goes. Yeah. We've had a whole bunch of times where we started out in the woods and, (sighs) and there's a track and then bang and somebody shot it. And now you're stuck in that area and your ride left Mm -hmm. and you just (laughs) as soon be with them. Right. Or like something happened. Right. So like there's this, this thing that's going on of checking your stuff and making sure that you're good and, yep. and you know you'll be able to handle whatever's going to happen during the day, especially if your partner ends up, say, getting hurt or something and he can't come and get you, you're going to have to be ready for that. Yep. yep. I think the most important thing you mentioned is at the end of the day, have a plan. So that way when everybody's all back, when you think everybody's back into vehicles, because we end up taking a lot of times three rigs out with us. Yep. And we all go our separate ways. We have a big meeting spot on the main road before we get on paper company land. The the big road that goes in and out back to blacktop, we wait there. And then if somebody doesn't show up, we know that they're over this way. Yeah, we're trying and not then, to leave the woods without anybody. Right. We want to make sure we have a head count before we head out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, like, where's Rodney? <laughs> <laughs> I drove 20 miles one day to pick him up. Went on top of the mountain. He said, look for me over here. You'd be a while trying to find you if you didn't have a radio. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Taylor. All right. Do you use cover scent? Uh, no. Mostly because uh, we're, I'm moving a lot, and you just try to work with the wind. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not really concerned about scent all that much. And I, honestly, this is interesting because dogs are some of the best noses on the planet. And you almost can't fool them, right? You smell stew, but they smell everything inside of the stew. They smell the potatoes. They smell the water. They smell the carrots. They smell each individual piece of it, right? And I don't think that like a cover scent or scent eliminator can work 100% of the time because you're also breathing, right? right? And it like there's you, you're putting out your what scent. You, yeah, you have this scent that's just being generated. Your sweat gan- glands are just constantly generating new scent, and you're moving through the woods. And deer, deer, their lives depend on their nose, right? Breeding and all these things. They they are so sensitive. I personally don't believe that you can trick a deer 100. percent I don't think smell. so. I don't think so. No and it seems like it seems a little antiquated to have like a cover scent or whatever or a scent eliminator i feel like you should you just kind of if they smell you that's kind of like what you've been dealt and you have to deal with it you have to deal with the wind and we're moving so much maybe i don't know maybe if i was in an area with a higher deer population because it's almost like calling to deer or like rattling a lot of times you're playing to an empty crowd and we're going to spend a lot of our time not within smelling range of deer you know you're trying to get into that range so you can shoot them but I, I don't know. Personally, I don't, I, don't, I don't use it. I don't really see much of a point for it. If it works for you, great or whatever. More of a placebo thing. I don't know. A lot of places, too, uh, you can't use cover scents. It probably yeah, works it, better if you're in a tree stand or something. But walking all day, you sweat. And right. I don't know. Smelling you, like bacon. I don't think tracking <laughs> that it's going to help much. No, I don't think so. 
I'm following you and you're farting yeah. and I'm <laughs> I wish there was a cover sentence sometime because man. It's called cologne. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey, Something a little more potent. Sometimes you get moving and things work their way out. That's just how it is. I don't know what to tell you. Just everyone just... does it, don't <laughs> I know. Single me out. That's nice. <laughs> and you you want to try and keep it down some. I mean, some yeah. of that bacon first thing in the morning. And, you know, but, yeah. I followed one of you guys through the woods, and I could smell the bacon coming <laughs> off your clothing, right? Oh, yeah. when, you cook, when you cook it in the house, it's, like, there for three days. Oh, yeah. So you know yeah. it's in the clothes. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, I know a lot of guys will store their hunting clothes outside, you know. They'll yeah, put, like, on a porch hurt. or whatever oh, and, like, sure. keep it all out there. But it's, like, still, even your house has a scent. And you know how much you would have to use? You'd have to constantly be your breath, applying that. Your breath alone and your breathing just yeah. undoes you. The right odor-eliminating right clothes. There. I'm like, I, I almost feel like people are using it as like it's mostly just a sales gimmick. Being like, yo, this will make you hide from the deer's nose. And there's no way to prove that it doesn't work. Right. So, you know. And I think they yeah. get you about 50-50 anyway. They get you about half the time, and they don't get you half the time. Yeah, so it's I don't been know. almost that that amount. I think so. I don't know. Do whatever you feel makes works for you. Yeah, if oh, it absolutely. if it gives you confidence in the woods, whatever, makes because you no harm in it. it. That's right. It's yeah. all on how you check feel regulations good, it, too for the area. Don't, don't. a lot of places yep. you can't use doestrus and yeah, the real certain stuff. certain scents you well, can't like use. Yeah. So just make sure you you check your local regulations. Yeah. All right, Puff. What do you got? Number who knows. Do you still grunt late season? Do you still Take use grunts late season, Jim? I don't grunt as much as you guys, but I grunt. I do it quite a bit. Don't matter when. Yep. You're just trying to make a deer move or. Make worked a, on that little muzzleloader deer. Yep. Worked on him, beauty. Yeah, that's worked on my muzzleloader deer. Made him stand right there and watch me load. <laughs> right. <laughs> After Perfect. I missed him the first time. <laughs> right. That's you know that's one of the that's one of our videos on YouTube that has the least like in the woods and deer footage and stuff going on, but it's one of my favorites just because like you're so animated and when you told the story it was so it was so much fun to listen to you recap and of course everyone's like feeling the stress with you when you're standing there loading the muzzle on a real well, if i'd had a cameraman you might have seen some <laughs> or it might have not have stood there it's hard to film yourself when you're yeah it is by yourself you yep. have to you have to make and that trade gotta- but he looked great out there under the deer, Derek. And yeah, he did. And pouring out as he's explaining. Actually, hey, good hey let's, let's put that one down below. Let's put a link in that video because it's so funny. It's it's such awesome. a good, it it's really such good. a good one. Yeah. But I, I definitely think, you know, it doesn't matter what time of year to grunt. I know. I, I just, do. You fool the deer into thinking you're a deer and it's all it's going to do well, is help improve to, your chances. Yeah. It's enough to pique the interest. I call less and less as the season goes on, especially in the last few seasons. seasons what I've noticed is it isn't working as good towards the end because like, you know, when the rut starts to die down, they all kind of want to like get away from each other. Right. And chill out. And especially does, they don't want to be messed around with another buck. And if you're, grunting to a smaller buck and one that's that's not necessarily as dominant they might not like that and i've scared a lot of deer off late season thinking well maybe i can uh maybe i can call them up and it's 
yeah, okay. And it didn't work. But like early season, I feel like it works like stupid well. It's crazy. I, I think it also depends on situational because if some deer have been pressured a lot, they're going to yeah. be a lot more skittish. And if it's and one it, you've called to well, it definitely depends on the deer. <laughs> right, and it's not going to matter. And then some deer, late season, they're going to be like, oh, what's that? Because I've yelled at deer and just, hey, and yep. they've stopped. Cause and you, that was late season. Oh, we've been coming out of the woods shooting. Shooting the breeze. Breeze, and, and then all of a sudden there's deer right there. <laughs> yep. Not a big deal. Yeah. Yep. And deer are curious by nature, too. So... Yeah. I think if you do what you think's right. Yeah, you have to try. Most of the time, I'd say do most of your calling middle and early and kind of taper it off, but it depends. It, you, that, when you're tracking, check the attitude. If it's a big buck, super dominant, still doing scrapes and rubs, call him. And you've already called to him 10 times. Stop calling And then. it hasn't worked. Right? <laughs> Don't call that. Or, or he didn't come or you, you, you know, scared or did, him. Or it did spook him. Right. You have now to that he's it. learned it, no, time to give up on that. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Dad, you're next. Uh, major differences between bucks and does tracks. Um, one when has you have a, a buck and a doe, doe. End. <laughs> right, one has definitely got a doe at the end, and the other the other track definitely has a buck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> when when you got a hundred and twenty pound four pointer and a hundred and twenty pound doe, and the two of them are just about the same exact mm. size, and they're running all over the land together. You're going to have a pretty hard time telling the difference between the two of them quite a bit, except for some certain things, right? If he stops and rubs his horns. Yep. Yeah, you need confirmation. If he pees. Yep. Did he make a scrape? Did he pee? Yep. yep. Rub his horns. Then you are guaranteed what's in front of you. Yeah, right. you, got, you got a little knowledge then. At least you know it's a buck or a doe. Right. Yep. Good. What now, about even, even when, like, say, like, both a buck and a doe are 140 pounds each, does the uh, would you find the buck is still have a has a wider stance? Yeah, a lot of times the the chest is just a little bit wider, and he'll walk a little more football player side style. Mm. Yeah, you know, a, a great big huge two hundred pound guy is going to walk in a lot different pattern than the hundred and twenty pound female. Right. right, where she's like got high heels on. Does will walk almost like they've got high heels. Like on. It's kind of dainty, kind of like tiptoes. Yeah, a little a bit. But we've, we, of course, there's exceptions to everything. Mm-hmm. We've been fooled a million times, you know, tracking a 160 pound doe, saying, "Well, it's the biggest deer in the woods," which is that's rule number one, right? And you Take get the on biggest it, track you, you, you go a ways, mm-hmm. and sometimes, like Jimmy was saying earlier, you might go a long ways before you get confirmation. Right. Yeah, you know, him and I did it in New, in New Hampshire. You, you spend hours and it's like, it's <laughs> oh, it's a freaking no. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of the risks you have to take. You know, well, it's, you it's, do. It's, it's a chance. It's like, yes. well, yeah. this looks like a buck. We'll have to just take it and see. And sometimes too, I mean, a doe will lead you to other deer. Yeah. There's, there's also, too, some behavior patterns to the yeah, walking. Yeah, there's nuances to the behavior. That's right, because a lot of does will not be checking tracks. Right, they'll go, they don't care. She may join tracks and walk down them because they happen, she happened to come on to them and they're going her way. Yeah. But when you see a buck going cross country and every track he comes to, he turns, walks down it a little ways yeah. and like sniffs it. That's a buck. Then turns off it and goes back to holding the line, going mm-hmm. cross country. And then he hits some more tracks, and he starts down in one direction, turns around, and goes up the other direction. Yeah, then you know right? he ain't got a doe with you. That, that, that's that's, that's probably to, a buck. Yeah. Checking beds and stuff. Don't 
Yeah, yeah, he'll never smell never too many deer does at check beds. Yeah, that's right. You know, he'll, he'll go and run up. He'll smell some deer beds, you know, where a deer bedded down. He'll be going along and all of a sudden take a right and mm-hmm. go up the hill and go right to a whole bunch of deer beds and sniff them all over and walk through them all. Then, then you probably get a buck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's not a hundred percent. It's like not confirmation, but that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. And most of the time your, your bucks tracks are just going to be bigger. They're going to be bigger. Oh, yeah, They're going to have the more stance and the behavior of the deer when he's making the tracks, you know, a little less just kind of lollygagging and eating and chilling is what does kind of do more often. Bucks there, they have a mission during that season. And that big, wide stagger dragging his toes, that, walking like he's lazy. The swag. Do claws. Yeah, he'll have snow. a swag. Yeah. Yep. I mean, all deer have do claws, even pigs and sheep, right? Or whatever. But that the whole point is like when you, you have something big and wide and it acts like a buck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that first time we were following Fire Tower. Wasn't that impressive? And we followed him and followed him. And it was like, it'd be nice to get confirmation what this thing is. And we, I don't know, we must have followed him a couple hours. And oh, yeah. Didn't do nothing but walk in a straight line. Then he walks up to a 10-inch maple and hammers hard, <laughs> hammers hard it right to the white meat of the – is that confirmation enough? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. We're That'll good. Do. That is a big boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beat the snot out of a 10-inch yeah. tree. That picture there. Yeah. We leaned our rifles up against yeah. that tree and, yeah. and – took that picture and classic he, he hammered that nice young 10 inch maple right down to the right down to the meat right down to the yeah oh yeah he just yeah. that was a deer and he had some big scratchers yeah that was really what a buck we put a lot of time into that deer and never saw him never even laid eyes on that bugger yep. only once but i did once way out there at like 100 150 yards he just oh, yeah, jumped, yep, the, jumped yep. through my scrope once yep. and the tines just like wow it was a giant yeah and you know that's just the way it goes but yeah that was the kind of stuff we were hoping to that's see the and kind then of track we did you want. and he had probably 10 15 of those huge you know maple and ash rubs in about a quarter mile area there where he just pounded that whole little river system up and i'm sure yep. he's long dead by now you know but um and he was just south of the fire tower there in pittsburgh and we named that buck fire tower and that was what his a deer. area and I, I don't believe anybody ever shot him I, you probably I never I heard know. never you never never knew you know for sure but yep the thing yep. had some just tremendous all right tremendous ryan you're signs. up all right would you rather hunt solo or double team Ooh, from the beeve day one of me out in the woods i want to hunt solo Yep. Not because I don't like hunting without, but that's my day to get my head in the game. It's yep. my day to defrag, make sure I'm hunting now, and I can leave work and home life where they belong, at work and at home. And it's it's kind of like a, my spiritual moment. It's my time to go out and have church and be with my higher power, and it's to get my head in the game. But otherwise, I would r- much rather hunt with somebody because, for one, it's way more fun. Yeah, you know, you have a camera guy. You can joke. You can have a good, have a better time. But you have an extra set of eyes, extra set of ears, extra set of feelings because yeah. that's going to increase your odds. It's going to double your odds. Yeah, you do make a little more noise. You make a little more scent. But it's a much better trade off because all the good things are going to come with it. And now when you shoot one, you have a buddy to help you gut it out and help you take pictures <laughs> and help you get it out of the woods and share the it's, story. It's, yeah. it's a, it makes a better story because now you have another perspective on the story, but it's, it's way more fun. 
It's yeah. way more enjoyable. Definitely. I'm not going to answer that. You guys, <laughs> you guys already know what I'd say. Double every, team. Double team every day of the week. Always. Um, but, of course, when you're like, Meh, and you just feel like being alone, and you just like, I just need to go by myself. Those are the only exceptions to that. But most of the time, it's just the, the experience is just, you know, for us, it's just better when you go with a hunting buddy. Even if you're not hunting side by side, if you're both just in that same kind of woods and you run into each other, that's just better. Yeah. You know, that's the way to go. There was a day I preferred being alone, and I don't anymore. I don't, I don't care if I ever hunt alone again. Yeah. I just need to be with somebody all the time. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, here we go. How to hang a deer up. How do you hang a deer? Okay, um, this kind of depends mostly on the weather. Um, so, like, say we, say we shoot a deer, uh, we get them all reported and stuff, and we'll bring it to the bring it back to camp. Uh, most of the time, we just cut a, cut a hole in the hawk. And, you know, right, right at the back, right by like basically the deer's Achilles tendon right there. There's a kind of the knee. Yeah. There's a thinner patch of, you know, meat and stuff right there that you can just kind of poke a hole. It's mostly just skin. And we, we have a game pole. We just put a hook in there and just winch him right up. Um, if, if it's going to be cold and nice, you know, just like cold, clear, just typical winter, take a stick and we'll put it on the inside and kind of open the chest cavity up a bit when we're hanging it. And that lets the heat and the moisture rise up out. And that'll help your meat get down to a cooler temperature so it doesn't start to go bad. Um, if it's going to rain and be gross and kind of nasty, we'll flip the deer over. Yeah, and hang, it by, hang the head. it by the head. And hang it by the head because the water will end up funneling down through the chest cavity and it will settle in the neck and in the face. And it can actually start to ruin your meat. It can start to ruin the hide. How many deer have we had come into the shop with a face Looks, looks like, like you put an air compressor to it. And the head, like, it's a huge deer and it has a huge rack, but it looks small compared to how swollen the face is. Like, ruined the cape. And then, when it, meat. of course, when it freezes, it expands it even more. Yep. You know, the, the right. freezing of all the water inside of it stretches the hide. Yep. And it's, it's just, I definitely not, don't fill your deer up full of water and then freeze it. It's the it's same like, way oh as if God. you're, if you like, say you drag it out and you got some, like, leaves and some dirt and stuff and you want to clean that out tip it up with the head up and spray water up inside and then dry it out on the the inside. Don't let water settle in the face and the head when you're going to hang your buck up because it'll ruin it. Yeah. Like you've got to flush it out, do it on the tailgate. It's going to ruin the meat too, because the water is going to help generate bacteria Yep. and it's going to help perpetuate that. And next now your meat's going to be, but the rest of the time, if it's going to, if it's going to be dry and cold, you can hang your, and you can let a deer hang for a long time. I know a lot of people let them hang for quite a while. As long that guy, as it's cold. the guy in uh, New Hampshire, there, he lets his mm-hmm. he lets his deer hang for like a week or something. More than that, yeah. It's like yeah. Jesus, we've. We, but you but know, it's cold. If, though, if it's not going to go bad, who cares? If the weather's going to be right, hang it up, hang it up by the by the legs. Yeah, and any amount of sun, like during the day, isn't so good. I mean, 30, mm-hmm. 34 to twenty nine, twenty eight degrees is like ideal for hanging deer. And if it's a little colder and it's froze, that doesn't hurt a thing either. Um, as soon as it starts warming up and it gets even a little bit of sun on it, the, the deer hair like holds the heat and, yep. and, you know, being in the shade is always good. As soon as you start getting up in the forties or something, boy, you want to, by, yeah. by the, the end of the day too, you better be doing something with it. There's been times yeah. where the weather's been getting warms up. Like we had, you know, say we got some snow, the weather was great. And then all of a sudden it started to warm up and we lost all of our snow. We'll throw, we'll throw the deer on the truck and drive it home. 
bring yeah, it we've home, had to make process a it trips, up yeah. because like we're not going to let it just go bad because we don't want to drive three, four hours home. Like you go home, get it packaged, put it in the freezer, do what you got to do. And then if go back up, if you still want to go to camp or whatever, just do that. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. always put um, bags of ice in the chest cavity too, especially while we're transporting it. Yeah. Mostly when we transport it, not when you end up hanging it, because if it ends up warming up, it's you, then you have yeah, water. condensation and ice melting puts moisture back into yeah. the head. Don't let the bags leak and get all the water inside the animal, yep. you know, put it inside something that won't leak and just keep it cold without all the water getting to the animal. You know, same thing with bears, moose, anything else, you know. The trick is to have it all cool off, but not have it all melt inside there and, yeah. and make your water mess all over again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Jim, next question. Do you need one? Oh, Back he's got one already. He's yep. got one. The puff. I think this is our last round. Dream hunt. Where and for what? Ooh. Any, if you could pick any hunt and go anywhere, any game, what would it be? I don't know. <laughs> How's that for your answer, guys? <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say? What would be a good one? Would you want to fly? I don't know. I don't really. You've, you've never, never really flew much. You've never landed in a plane. Oh, right. Yeah, I've never he's, landed in a plane. He's only jumped I've out been, halfway I've through. I've been up in a plane, but I've never landed. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared and jumped out. <laughs> How many people can say that? I, I would love that video. Oh my God, Jimmy Scott. Coco Puck jepping out of a plane. Hey guys, that actually, would be great. if how it about wasn't this? planned. It just ended up being there. Guess what, hey, Jimmy? How about this? <laughs> if out. if we hit fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube, we're gonna have you jump out of a plane in your beagles. In my beagles, <laughs> dude. Seriously, you guys want to do that? I'll make I'll make an announcement on YouTube. Again. I don't like heights, but that's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you can't see the ground. I'm. I, you just set me off on a mission, buddy. Cross <laughs> boots, falling to earth. Him going ah, flying down in his camo and orange. Eight feet off the ground is a lot different than ten thousand feet off the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. You get high enough, your brain don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim. What's the dream hunt? What would you say? I'm still. No, I'm thinking. I like deer hunting. Honestly, that's. Yeah. I think what we do is kind of my like. I would love like elk hunting was great. I would definitely do that again. Like doll sheep and those kind of things would be awesome. But really, my dream hunt, I would have to say. It's what we're already doing. Is what we're doing. Like Maine, a big buck track in Maine with all your guys that are all hunting in the same woods and it goes down perfect. You know, that's that's the dream hunt. Big 200-pound racker. I'd be in on a 140-inch track, one that you know is a rackosaurus, and you got that, like, yeah. anticipation, that excitement. That's that's a dream hunt. It really is. And to have it all come together would be just – it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. We're definitely going to do that. I would have to say that. What do you think, Dad? What's what's a dream hunt for you? Well, I, I've been caribou hunting, and that was awesome. Oh, I, I forgot about caribou. The caribou was really good. I went to go back and did that, and that was really good. Um, I would like to, if I had to go somewhere and do something, it would definitely be in North America for sure. Yeah. And um, I want to say Alaska Ooh. for sure. If I had to really, like if you got to pick it, I'd go to Alaska and maybe moose hunt. You know, That'd be cool. and, and them big giants. Yukon. And 
those guys those guys slap in the bushes and like you saw the video where the dude hits the moose moose's rack oh sure oh my god or that that big world record right archery moose moose that comes up to that guy and that thing's roaring like that that'd be quite an experience you know that that would really be something even though i it wouldn't be so much about the killing them it'd be the being the scene with the experience right yeah and and i'd love to see a grizzly Mm-hmm. I wouldn't care so much about killing it. I wouldn't want to have to kill it, really. Predator, predator hunting I mean, if I had to, I would watch this, right? But <laughs> right. I, no, I, that would really be something. I'd love to see uh, salmon in mm-hmm. the rivers, you know, them all coming kings. up. Yeah, you know, them, the fish just coming and, and all of that. I'd love to go to Alaska. If I went somewhere, it would be Alaska. And, and even the caribou was so much fun. I, I'd do the caribou way before the elk. I, I like caribou more than elk, even though elk is beautiful too. But, mm-hmm. You know, it's I. I just I like tundra. Yeah, there is really something. Everything's cold and frozen and beautiful. And the flying, I just love float planes. I just yeah, <laughs> I like that. I know Casey and I want to buy one. We want to get a float plane. Good. That way we can go just take me up there and go like puddle jumping mm-hmm. and like go and like just fish. Like you just yeah. land and you just fish off the plane and. I think we had a great time in Ontario, too. That's another thing I would do in a heartbeat, you know, go back to Ontario. Oh, yeah, the ride sucks, but that's, I think, one of the most memorable memorable times. Yeah, wouldn't know. I think that's one of my memorable hunts when we got the Mm 10-pointer. Beeb got his 10-pointer. Yeah. We didn't have Taylor. (laughs) We all got 10-pointers and man, man, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was home. But everybody else was there. Dad had 11. a deer charge him <laughs> on that hunt. Oh, yeah. Your buck charged you on that hunt. Made a mistake. Got up and like a wolf put his head shot down. him. Oh, did he come? He didn't like that. No, he did not. Yeah. That was a great time, you know, in Ontario, where you could go and decide how you wanted to hunt and where you wanted to hunt. Nobody's telling you what to do. Yeah. That, that was nice. The kind mm-hmm. of do-it-yourself hunt. Finding really, sheds that we never have, we never, I mean, we can find them here, but not like up there. Yeah, the that whitetail. That set of whitetail sheds you found. Oh, yeah. That was my first set I've ever found. Oh, my was, Yeah, 140-inch match set. And they were, like, perfect. Yeah. They weren't chewed. They were chewed just a little bit. Maybe yeah. just at the tips. Yeah, just right. a little bit. That yeah. thing, oh, just beautiful sheds. Yeah. I was like, looked down, and I was on a trail, and I said, look at that. That was awesome. And I went and went and went down the trail, and I was like, they say sometimes they're right here. And I said, maybe I'll go the other way just a little bit. And it was only like 10 feet up the trail from where I left, picked the first one up. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Pop, what you got? Um, What was the first deer you shot in each state? Um, In Vermont, I shot a three-pointer. I want to say he weighed 123 or four or five, Mm -hmm. my first my first year um and then first buck yeah because I, I, I shot doe first but the first buck in new hampshire boy i want to say my first year over there was a spike i think i'm pretty sure yep it was Probably. a spike horn was my first year in new hampshire Probably. on the last day of the season Oh, yep. down to the wire yeah right in the last four or five hours of the season yep. I shot a spike. my yeah. first year in new hampshire was a nine-pointer 199 with a leg missing. <laughs> that was a beautiful deer. What was the name of that deer? I forgot about that deer. <laughs> what was the name of that deer, Jim? Perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. That was a beautiful buck. Yeah, awesome. Yep, nice one. 199. 
Oh man. And then in Maine, uh, I shot a seven pointer two Oh five as my first year in Maine. Nice. And then right after that shot a three pointer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. What was your, what was your first, your first deer was a doe. Yep. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Princess. Yeah. yeah did we all did we all shoot our first? Yeah. You guys all shot your first deer in, in New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah. Yep. As boys. Yep. My first one was Vermont, 1989, three pointer. Do you know what he weighed? It was like 115 to 120. Yep. I'd have to look on the back of the mount. Yeah. Don't remember all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Ryan. What do you got? What's your question? Favorite hunting vehicle and why? Jeep. You like a Jeep more than you like a truck? I like a Jeep more than like a truck. Why? Jeeps tend to be a, a, a little nicer of a ride. Oh, dude. They tend dude, to be a little smoother Dude, what, are you ta- what Jeeps have you been in? But the nice thing about trucks, oh, yeah. though, is you've got a place to put the deer. But yeah. he's we, still in love with Susie. That dude. little Jeep. He had, a, he had a Cherokee. Little, he had a Jeep. I had a crush on that Cherokee. Jeep. That thing was Susie. awesome. We put that little Jeep into places people wouldn't bring their lifted Broncos. It was great. Oh, we, I remember one day Dad and I were out driving. He's this, one of my first times out in Maine. And he's like, he's like, okay, you're driving. I'm like, what? And he's like, get in. You're going to learn how to drive out in the real woods. I'm like, okay. So I hop in. We're going down the road. And there's this water bar. It must be eight feet deep. Yeah. And Dad's like, okay, go for it. He's like, don't let off when you get to the bottom. Because <laughs> we'll be pulling this thing out. We go down in, and he's like, okay, ready? I'm like, yeah. And then, brap, she climbs right out. And I was like, wow. And on the way back, he's like, you know what? When you get to the bottom, just just stop for a minute. So we park, and we get out, and the roof was level with a road. That's crazy. You can use it for a hole. bridge. It was yeah. awesome. But I like them because they're nice and short, the, so the, they can fit That really is true. Well. The short wheelbase sometimes is really nice. Having the short, narrow wheelbase out there. And they're a little bit higher, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't. We ain't got no monster lifted rigs, but... What, what year was your We've been places Cherokee with those Jeeps. That, it was a 92. And Jimmy, you had one. You used it for the long time, like back when we hunted Pittsburgh a whole bunch. You put bunch. your lockers in that one. I had lockers in mine, the winch on the front what year was that we your... never even used. We never used the winch. Just but. lugged it around. <laughs> when you but know how to drive. To. But if huh? we needed we had it, it, we had it. That's remember, because his foot was the in time the carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the time we're going through the beaver dam, Rod, and he's like, I said, there's a road here, I'm telling you. It's like, it's a beaver dam. The alders are sl- ripping the mirrors off. And so I'm telling you, we're going to get over here and the road's going to open right up. Be nice. And he's like, there ain't no road here. <laughs> we're driving across the pond. Right? <laughs> the, water's the, road. the water's level with the hood. Yeah. And, and he's like, no, I'm serious. It's it's right here someplace. And I don't even see a break in the alders, right, <laughs> to where there, a road was ever, right? And he just drives over to this beaver dam and climbs up over the top of it. And sure enough, there's downhill a little bit, there's this little opening, and we pop right out on the, the road just as perfect, you know. And it was all old gravel bed that we were driving through. So it wasn't like a bottomless beaver dam. You know, they just yeah. built their... No. They, they just flooded it, basically. Yeah, and they no, didn't I'd have been there before there was a beaver dam, so I knew where <laughs> right. we were. There's a road here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? He's Trust like, no, me, there's a road yeah. here. We know, we know where we're going. Yeah. And, and the mirrors are going bang, 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 and the alder, two-inch alders are scraping right down Is the that, side of the rig. That, you actually have that clip on one of our videos. Yes. Yeah. Which video is it? Uh, is it it's why walk when you can drive i know jimmy says that i'm trying to remember we actually have that clip because you hear jimmy go there's a road road." (laughs) yeah that's on old tape 
yeah. We're gonna have a lot of throwbacks coming yeah. this this yeah. fall for really sure. Awesome. Hope we can get something like that. And then the this? bridge that was washed out, there was no wood on it. There's just steel beams. The oil change bridge. Yep. 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 That That's hairy. A, that was hairy, but yeah, we got yeah, lucky. We, we never slid off, off them. them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I think here's here it is. The final question out of it. How many 200-pound patches do you have? I have one. I have one ever. Um, I have. I have a. I have a, I have a <laughs> northeast big buck patch too. But as far as like your big biggest bucks patches, I have one. Dad, how many patches do you have? I'm nine now. Yeah. Well, I think you, I have nine. Well, you. I thought you had ten because you just got Mr. Rogers. I. No, I think it's still nine. No way. Bull. He's, count count he's gotten so One, many, two, he's three, lost four, count. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Tote road. Ten. Yeah, it's okay, ten. So it's ten. Yeah, get out of okay. here. I know. All right. Ooh, it's ten. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know what? Well, ride. he's got ten 200-pound patches. I have none. I've shot a 199. <laughs> A 196 Poor that we Jimmy. weighed 24 hours after it shot, yeah. in which probably was two. They both were two. <laughs> well, yeah, were two. 199 has a leg missing. But yeah. No, I don't got no patch to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. Hey, Jim. this could be your year, Jim. And that was kind of Neither my fault because I probably shot a pound of meat out of yeah, that. Yeah, Rodney that shot that deer before I did. But yeah. I happened to be crossing where that thing was coming down in Brook and Caught him in the leg. Stole it from him. <laughs> but we probably would have never got it if I wasn't there. If oh, you weren't yeah. there, he would yeah. have been gone. We oh, would have yeah. never been able Went to follow to that. The area in New Hampshire that you got perfect timing in is big. And I recorded mm, it's a big that. Chunk big. Of it's big Most chunk of the recording woods. on that deer was on standby, so that's why there's not much video of it. Right. Which is pretty standard of the old days. Yeah. We hit standby a lot. It'd be nice to have a camera that didn't film if it was on standby. Yeah, you wouldn't have so a display screen right. up saying, hey, this is what you think you're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not what we're Dude, recording. it's a red light. Look for the red light. <laughs> I know. They all have red lights That's almost sad. always. But on the fly, <laughs> in high-pressure situations, <laughs> I, yeah. honestly, I want the view screen to be black unless it's recording. No. Yes. I want to frame the shot before I hit record. I'm going to take a whole bunch of recording and junk on either end of the clip. No, it's just, that's it's just the right way. way. It's, it's the, the right way, way it is. You guys with your we've lost black some out the bad, screen. some good stuff oh, because we, we were to. on standby. Yeah. yeah, we've missed a lot of stuff. Yeah. But like, hey, that's how it goes. I mean, that's, you still have the stories. That's, that's the how price it goes. you pay when you say, I want to film stuff. You yep. will miss some. All right, Ryan, how many patches you have? I have none. Big goose egg. Not for long. I think that. It's. I think you. You are either both or one of you is going to get a 200 this year. Don't go there. You tried that last year. He, <laughs> he just gives you the old. I know. We're, we're all like we're, everyone last year. Everyone was like, "Dude, Beef, this is your year, buddy." We're all like, we all have serious vibes going on. And Ryan's like, "Nah, man." Yeah. Watch <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm headed. See ya. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah, that's I mean, hey, that's just how it goes. Yeah. All right, so that concludes the twenty questions section of this. And a, another um, quick thought was seminar. Do we want to do? Do we want to do it? Because the last few years we do like mid October, early October. We do. We've been holding a giant uh, class at the shop where we basically we talk track and we talk deer we talk all the kind of fundamentals about tracking about hunting and it's always it's been a great time we've had like 
40 people yeah, at least every time. Yeah, and we, time. But of course, with this year being all, you know, the how, it's, how it's been, we're not sure on. if we're going to be able to have people here. So what we might do is we might just make it like a, a live podcast yeah, or, or just do like a video series on it almost. Yeah. But it's like, I, I like having people here. So I don't know what you guys think. Maybe we have to take a year off. Yeah. Nice and see how things are going. Yep. We got about a, we got about a month before we would really have to yeah make uh, a final decision. Feelers out. Yeah. So hey hey if you guys whether or not they care. Yeah. I, I yeah, wouldn't so, want to go screwing somebody's deer season up. No. Right. I have one right. guy come and he's yeah. like, man, I'm gonna wear my mask because I don't deer season's so important. I don't want to screw that up. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to screw up anybody's deer season. And we were we no, were no, actually talking sick, about that. You know, and it, how many times have we been sick during deer season? You know, we don't need to be sick. No, and no. we don't need to be. But by the same token, I don't care. So, yeah yeah I'm, right. I'm over it i'm like so over this yeah. whole thing you the, know the covid can i can't up. wait i can't <laughs> i can't wait for camp i can't wait to just be like Bye. disconnect from all the nonsense yeah. that's been going yeah. on we yeah. will social distance in the woods yeah <laughs> there so you go it will be a minimum of 600 yards <laughs> <laughs> this mountain range is my mountain yeah. range you need to be over there yeah all right, guys, this concludes the 20 questions episode for our 20th episode of the podcast. Uh, if you guys have any other questions, any things that you're wondering that uh, we maybe didn't cover in this, feel free to send those over to our uh, podcast email, A-S-K-M-T-N-D-E-E-R at Gmail. Um, and we'll we'll do our best to toss them into upcoming podcasts. Maybe we'll do we'll end each podcast with like a Q and A or something. You know, if you guys are wondering anything specific, um, and you can reach out to us on our YouTube, and our Instagram, Facebook, and all that jazz. Um, we're looking forward to putting out a lot of content. Got a lot of uh, we got some videos coming. We got a good series that we're starting to, um, and maybe we can get Jimmy on some more podcasts. He's elusive. He's an elusive creature this time of year. Hey, got to work. That's right. You do have I to do work. It. That's right. You got to make. It and of course, I, everyone's got their head down right now, just hammering because they're like. I only get a month and a half. I gotta go, right? <laughs> right. So, like, we're tr- we're getting doing down to crunch time. Yeah, man. and we're in the shop, and Dad's going a hundred, and we're just getting everything we can done so that way we can pack up and head out. It's gonna be a great deer season. The the fall air is here. It's crispy. Mm, All it's, the, tre- the vibes trees are, are coming. Vermont's trees are starting to change super super fast. Southern Maine, not so much. No, yet. not so much. Yeah, next month, a few little splashes of color when you start getting like Western Maine and stuff, but they're really not changing. So we do have some more time, but it's getting down to the wire here. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in from all of us here at Mountain Deer and the and Coco Buff. Thanks for sharing yeah. your time with us. We appreciate it. Yep. See you in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Happy hunting, guys. See you later. There's the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>